and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers. I, of course, am your host, Mike Birch, the hostess with the mostest. It me. I'm the only one that hosts this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Overdrinkers is a show where I get uh, slightly intoxicated with a friend and we talk about a movie that we both like or a movie that the guest really wants to talk about or just a uh, general movie stuff in general. Uh, and today is a very special episode. Uh, I have uh, with me first time Overdrinkers podcaster, but longtime podcaster, Linda Codega. Howdy. And Linda uh, has been, uh, you've written a couple articles for storiescreenbeacon.com, mm -hmm. where you can, find, you can find those stuff, that stuff over there at our website. Mm -hmm. uh, you've also written for many other things. You're Here kind of a pro. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I've written a lot. Mm -hmm. I have opinions. You, you you do, and I do too. And this is going to be great because we're talking about a movie today that people have opinions about. Oh, so many opinions. Okay, so today on Overdrinkers, we're going to get all of this good stuff out of the way real quick so we can start talking about this. We're talking about uh, Jupiter Ascending, uh, the uh, Wachowskis film from 2014. 15? 15? 15? Mm -hmm. 20, shot, I think it was supposed to come out in 2014, but it actually got pushed. Because they had to wait for Jupiter to actually ascend in well, the night that's, sky. Well, that's, that's the way that those rascally little Wachowskis do it. Um, and of course, on Overdrinkers, as always, we have a themed beverage that I've concocted. This is kind of like a twist on the uh, tequila sunrise idea. I call it the tequila jupe rise. Uh, and it's essentially the same stuff. It's grenadine, orange juice, tequila. But I got a little blackberries in there. I got a little concoction mm. of some lime yeah. and some lemon. It's spicy. It's a little, uh, it's going to be tart in the way that this movie is quite tart. How dare you? Yeah, I'm not trying to be derogative. I'm just like, this movie's a, a little a little hard to take down. But once you, once you take it down, it's delicious. So cheers to you. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. Thank you. Excited to be here. Mm. Delicious. That's great. Hell yeah. Oh. Tequila e. You can really taste the tequila in there. Good. <laughs> we might need that. Um, so usually how we start out on this show is uh, uh, typically it's either um, me and the guest uh, spoke privately and came up with a movie that we wanted to do. Uh, took some time, watched it separately, came together. This was more of a, Linda, I really want to do a podcast with you. What movie would you be interested in sitting down and having some drinks and talking with me for about an hour about? And you said Jupiter Ascending, which is one of the few Wachowski movies I have not seen because it came out. There was a bunch of really bad reviews. It was getting shit canned constantly. Unfairly. Unfairly, now that I've seen it. Um <laughs> And uh, so I was like, that's perfect. I've wanted to see it for a long time. This technically makes it a job, uh, mm. even though I don't get paid. But uh, it was a really good reason for me to finally just like go watch it. Luckily, it was on HBO and uh, streaming. So I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Before we get to that, why Linda Codega, human being of Earth, Maybe. supposedly. <laughs> Maybe. Why did you pick Jupiter Ascending as the movie you wanted to discuss today uh, because i it was really indulgent and it was lush and rich and fun and it is a movie that yes generally got panned by the critics and wasn't really received very well but i always loved it it was just so fun and sincere and the visual effects were fantastic and the characters were insane 
absolutely nuts. It was all bonkers, but it was it was just so earnest and sincere and it really like was feeling itself. You know, it's like one of the movie, one of those movies. It was just like feeling itself. So I loved it. So I, I was like, yeah, this one, this one, this is it. Did you, did you see it when it was like in theaters, like when it opened? Oh, yeah. I, okay. I think I might have seen it opening night. Damn. I not not because like I was like, oh, yeah, wait, expecting this movie and like waiting for it to come out. I think it was just the fact that I was hanging out with a friend and we were like, let's just go to the movies. And this movie was, you know. It was the first weekend it was open, and we just decided, like, yeah, why not? We both like Channing Tatum, and the Wachowskis are pretty cool, so let's see what what this is about. And we were not disappointed. It's a movie that, again, it has like it it has a lot of like uh, opinions surrounding it, Mm -hmm. but completely removing everything that I've heard about it. And I'll be honest, going in, like, I I turned it on. The first ten minutes are very. are very dull, very dry. You don't really know what's going on as far as the space stuff and like the prologue kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then it's kind of Mia Kunis uh, cleaning toilets and stuff and complaining with her um, stereotypically correct uh, Russian, Russian family. family yeah. uh, so it's like it didn't grab me. And I was like, I don't think I'm in the mood for this movie. It was like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I realized the movie was two hours long. I was like, this ain't getting did. So I paused it and went to bed. Okay. Uh, I told my girlfriend, Diana about it. I was like, yeah, I'm watching Jupiter ascending. I watched the first 10 minutes. Uh, not good so far, not doing too well. But then later on that night, mm-hmm. I, I, I restarted it. I, I, I brought it back a couple more, a couple minutes. Like, oh yeah, this was what was going on, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like literally ten seconds after <laughs> I had like paused it. It's like, by the way, it just ramps uh, all the way up to Channing like Tatum is like a space werewolf that has like gravity roller blades. Yes, and they ain't holding back. Oh my god, they literally had they put a jaw prosthetic on him. It's insane. It's <laughs> everything about the like. Let's like let's just it's. <laughs> The whole movie, every choice that they make is insane. Yeah. It's preposterous. They take, they as take we like were one about choice. Before. Yeah. They take like one choice and then they make it like five choices. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, perfect. Yeah. That's a choice. That's a decision. That was made. Yeah. It just like expands. And not only is Channing Tatum uh, a space werewolf named Kane, he's also like an angel that has lost his wings yes, and is yep. like a former legionnaire, but now he's like. He's like he, he's also kind of like a Terminator kind of thing, where it's like he's emotionless. He gets the job done. Oh my god, it's so good. But he also broods, oh, he's which so I'm broody. into. He's so broody, and he's oh my god, everything about like the characters' choices. It's insane. The movie is about <laughs> what um, is it about? Can you tell me? It, it's about. Um, like uh, consumerism and capitalism and uh, just like kind of, um, I guess, not not necessarily royalty. They use royalty in the sense uh, specifically with this, but it is very much about like entitlement and stuff like that. They, they talk about yeah. like entitlement and privilege through bloodlines and stuff like that. Things that are not necessarily earned. Um, there's a big like Prince and the Pauper kind of thing going on with Mia Kunis where oh, she's like, big. you know, it's like. The movie has all of these very generic, derivative kind of things that most sci-fi epics have. Mm -hmm. But that's why I really like it because uh, the Wachowskis are not stupid. If anything, they are quite smart. Yeah. And they wouldn't do something that is so dull 
as to just, you know, rip off or pay homage no. to all of these things. No. They are really trying to build something that is of its parts and is also its own thing. Yeah, they they really go really far, especially uh, with transhumanism and the kind of like the way that people are molded and changed and transformed and the way that like the future treats human beings. Um, which, again, like ties really closely into what you were mentioning with like capitalism and consumerism. But yeah, the idea of transhumanism and what it means to be human and what it means to like own your personhood is really interesting in this film. And it's so weird that it like actually dives into and discusses these topics in the film, like in the dialogue very openly, which I think is weird and remarkable at the same time. Because usually when you're in space opera stuff, you just expect them to be talking about like evil and good. But they're actually just talking about like, no, we're business people. Yeah. And these it, are just it's a like movie the about numbers. business. Yeah. And then Mila's just like, okay, but I have to marry you. Why? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, there's I, like a rage marriage. She's y'all. very, uh, I spoke with a friend of mine who, like, one of the only people I know who has seen Jupiter Ascending. And she was like, well, it's kind of like Wizard of Ozzy, you know, mm-hmm. where like, like Dorothy just kind of swept up and she kind of just like goes along with everything. And there's nothing specifically, uh, in relation to all of the epic things that are happening around Dorothy, there's nothing really special about her other than her ability to kind of attempt to understand and keep moving forward yeah. kind of stuff. And like, I think that there's like a lot of like, there's a lot of characters in sci-fi and fantasy a lot like that, like Alice in Wonderland or, um, I mean, hell, like th- this is kind of like the basic idea of like, like the, the hero's journey kind mm-hmm. of thing where it's like, you, you, you're constantly it's just like they're constantly just refusing the the call like they're just constantly refusing it the whole time but they're already swept up in it like yeah. Dorothy she can't refuse the call mm-hmm. to but there is no call really for her uh, uh, like in opposed as opposed to like Mia Kunis who's like hey by the way you're a space queen and you need to like you own like oh the you own a lot so like you can go so the brunt of the movie is literally about her trying to get to like a bureaucracy ship yep. to be able to get all of her papers yep signed yep. in order uh-huh. so like they can't just kill her and and win because now and then, and then they have to talk to her it's very very oh, weird yeah. and very silly so strange but it's so sincere in its silliness. Yeah. And it wants you to like it so it much. It really does. And they spent a lot of money on visual effects they to try and get you. They spent a lot of money on this movie. <laughs> to try and get you to like it. So just to sort of fill in the blanks of the plot line here. Please uh, do. Okay, so let's let's just break it down. Uh, we start off, like you said, Mila Kunis, like, uh, her name is Jupiter Jones, the character. I don't Great know name. if we've mentioned that. Jupe. Jupe. Jupiter, uh, she is scrubbing toilets for a living, and then suddenly she is uh, captured or attempt. She attempts. There's an attempted kidnapping, where they try and get her. And Channing Tatum's character, Kane, our space werewolf with rollerblades, literally gravity defying rollerblades, uh, sweeps swoops in and snatches her up and says that he needs to take her to like some bureaucratic wherever again to like get her papers mm-hmm. signed. Um, and she is genetically identical to a space queen that has just died, which means that she now has inherited everything from the space queen because they are like clones, more and th- or less. But this is really interesting because it's the idea that 
this like space royalty family mm-hmm. have like this like empire has been around for so long mm-hmm. and these people have lived for so long yes. that it's just like it is rationally understandable that if you stick around for long enough, not you specifically, but yes. like if you watch time long enough, like the way the genetics work is just like by some happenstance, eventually the same genetics will lock in place mm-hmm. and uh, a, an exact copy of someone else completely genetically down to the most minuscule thing mm-hmm. would happen. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a weird, like kind of Shakespearean Kind yeah. of thing where only like with space werewolves and rollerblades. Like, I know. Which is cool. It was great. Uh, throwing it out there. Like he looked great while he was space rollerblading. He looks great. Anyway. Like they like actually like tied him up too. And like it's all, it, <laughs> they try to keep it as practical as possible. Yeah. And you can really see, but I think mm-hmm. it adds to like the funness of it. It's totally. kind of like, you know, everybody knows about the Matrix with like the, all the swirling cameras mm. and stuff, all like taking pictures and video all at once. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's CGI, but it's, it's almost kind of practically done. Yes. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah. So they, they take her to, uh, to go get her paper signed, but she's intercepted by one of her quote unquote children. Uh, and there are three children from the space queen that died, whose Jupiter is identical to their names are Balaam, Kalik, and Titus. Great. Which is amazing. Uh, Balaam, Balaam Abrasix, uh, played by Eddie Redmayne in like one of the best, worst performances of his life. No, I disagree. I think it's the best performance it's in the movie. so good. It is. He is. He is levels above everybody else. It's incredible. I don't know if he did it on purpose. He must have. It's somebody edited together a video that I saw of all of his, of all of his scenes where he's like freaking out. Oh, and God, then edited so that good. together with his acceptance of uh, winning for Theory of Everything. Oh, my God. And it's like, and the nominees are Eddie Redmayne for Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> and, and then, like, he gets up there and then it just, like, replaces his face with, like, go! And it's... <laughs> he won for Theory of Everything. Jupiter Ascending, I believe, came out right after he won. Yes. Even though it was shot it way really before. Um, I love Theory of Everything. I love his performance in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that from now on, as far as I'm concerned and anyone else on planet Earth is concerned, yeah. he won for both of those movies. Absolutely. If it wasn't for Jupiter Ascending that, that had not come out yet and nobody had seen, he would not have won. That makes 100% perfect it sense. It makes as much sense as this movie. Yeah, of course it does. So, so yeah, there are like three three children that all want Jupiter to give her inheritance to one of them as like a an actual lineage inheritance. Um, Titus tries to do this by like marrying her. <laughs> Kalik tries to do it by just saying like, oh, just take care of it and I'll, I'll take care of it afterwards and like tries to get her to like sign away the rights. And Balaam just tries to kill her. <laughs> well, he wants to kill, I love the ending of this <laughs> movie and maybe we should save it. Cause like yeah. the ending, like the last like 15, 20 minutes of this movie are their own discussion all, all in it. But I, can we, can we backtrack real quick yes, absolutely. and just really for a moment, just like soak in the idea that Sean Bean plays a character who's a bee farmer and his name is also Stinger. Stinger a <sighs> My God. He's also probably the he's also the other one that's really going for it in this movie. He but he's for going it. for it in the Sean Beam way where he's just like, I'm I'm upset. I know and I'm this. also not to be trusted. 
I know that you have a lot of questions and I can't answer any of them. I love that scene too, where, he, <laughs> where he's about to like do like the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of thing. Uh, and he's just like, a thousand years ago. And he pulls out like this like device that's going to show her everything, but then it like short circuits and breaks. Yeah. The best. It's, it's great. It's and, that's the scene where I fell in love with the movie. The it's like the bees start. Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay. they're like, oh, they can tell queens, yeah. and I'm like, what? What the <laughs> fuck is this? This is great. Like it, it wait, made wait, me perk up. Wait, I'm so sorry. You okay. need to say it. You need to say it for the listeners. Bees respond to space royalty, and yes. space royals can control bees yes. by like flapping their hands around like yes. an eagle, and the bees will just flap right with them. Yes. Continue. No, no. They, yes, that's, that's 100. Like it. It started doing, because before this, it's really just kind of like a weird Russian cousin wants to like sell her eggs with her and Mm -hmm. take money to be able to get a TV so she can get a telescope. Oh, no. Uh, And uh, and then she gets saved and like the aliens look really cool. Yeah. Uh, It's really scary when Mm -hmm. she's like, and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're like, kill her. And you're like, oh, my God. And and then he like shows up and he's just like, no. There's like a children of the corn minute when when she's like in some fields and the the invisible. I think they're invisible. Yeah. The invisible aliens are coming after her and then the mercenaries are coming after her and the bees. Mm-hmm. Are like hanging around there, and that's when she discovers. And it, it's so crazy. Royalty. Like I don't. I think in in context and hindsight now, I kind of know what side everybody was on. Mm-hmm. But when it's happening, I'm like, oh, are the no aliens idea. with the with the with like the weird purple guy and no like idea. the biker invisible chick? Like what? Who's with who? Who do they oh, work for? No but it, it like all kind of comes together, kind is. of like. It's confusing while it's happening, and maybe the movie should be knocked for that. But I actually kind of think like they kind of. They clean everything up. They tie, like, they tie up all the loose ends. Yeah, where they're the just kind of like, who fucking cares? And yeah. they just keep yeah. going. Yeah, I think that that's, that's kind of like the motto of this whole movie is like, who fucking, <laughs> who fucking cares? cares? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> I think Channing Tatum went up and was like, I want to be like a legionnaire. And they were like, rad. And then they were like, and then he was like, I want wings. And they were like, hell yeah. And then he's like, but I don't want to have the wings in the movie. I want to have lost the wings. And they're just like, a dark, depressing, That's dramatic. That's <laughs> It's like so good. You have reason to brood now. An yeah. angel without his wings. Oh my gosh. And then the part, so there is like a moment where Jupiter has sort of been taken by uh, Kalik, the, the, the only sister, and is sort of being like romanced by her. I think that that's like the big, you know, romance scene is where Kalik is trying to like get her onto her side. And Tit- Titus is very businesslike about the marriage. But Kalik is very sensual and seductive and like shows her what, it can do and goes from like an old lady to a young woman in seconds. Really just like shows her what she has to gain um, from becoming a part of this royal thing. And she, Jupiter, is separated from Kane, Channing's character. And Channing is somehow shirtless and of has course. to like dash through this palace and find her. So it's literally just like 10 minutes of Jupiter, like, wandering through this beautiful, lush, opulent palace, and then came shirtless, rollerblading after her. Fine. Yeah. Thanks, movie. <laughs> I know. It's fine. It's Good. great. It's great. Like, it's 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 really... There... Let's go on. <laughs> let, let, let's pause for a second here. Let's go on the record. Yeah. I do not think that this is a good movie. I don't think it's well made. I think that it's a little contrived. I think it's a little uh, slow. All right. But I love this movie. <laughs> okay. 
and I think it's a great movie okay. because it does all it doesn't do all of the things that a movie is supposed to do in mm-hmm. order to be uh what's the word? Uh understandable. <laughs> But it does do all of the things that a movie is supposed to do to be entertaining. Oh, and it does so those fun. in spades. Like it consistently is just like entertaining the audience is at the front of what they're trying to do. And yep. if you don't understand what's happening, they're kind of just like, yeah, well, we'll explain it later yeah, or something. Or maybe not. Who just cares? Like, like, just like enjoy it. Oh, my gosh. The ships. The ships look great. The ships were really cool. Guys, the spaceships like had floating parts and they like moved and changed and they were beautiful and they looked like cathedrals and it was incredible. Whoever was in charge of the VFX for this were just like so on the whole time. The costumes were beautiful. Again, like Titus, our introduction to Titus or Jupiter's introduction to Titus is literally him having a giant orgy with a bunch of aliens. They're like floating around him. Yeah. And he's just like... There's no bad news in this room. (laughs) And he like pops out. He's like, I'll be with you in a minute, darling. And Jupiter's just like, "Uh uh-huh. He like like pokes his head out of like a a rolling gravity-less ball of bodies. And he's like, I'll be right with you. Yeah. They all have different accents, which I really enjoyed. Well, as they would if they've been around for like that long. I mean, it's... That makes and then, sense. Yeah, and then, like, like, Jupiter shows up in a BDSM, like, leather, weird, strapless thing. That's <laughs> what it is. Mia Kunis and, and Jupes is, they're... They really just went for they're it. They're doing the best. She's doing the best that she can with what's going on. Mia Kunis is doing the best that she can with this script in this movie. Yeah. And Jupes is doing the best that she can with, like, this, pos- oh like, the situation she's been thrust it's into. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's just like, it's so wild because it's really like some of the dialogue is terrible. Like, I'll admit it. Some of the dialogue, you're just like, what are they actually trying to say to each other? And then there are some like gems of dialogue that you will never, ever forget. Like basically in like the first act in the movie, like as they're going from like first to second act. uh, (laughs) Do it. I'm I'm I will. Yeah. Jupiter basically corners Kane and is like. I find you really attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, just like straight up comes out and says, yep, to She's Kali, like, I'm not doing this whole three act thing where no. we're going to find out that like, I am attracted to you. Yeah, I'm attracted to you. And Kane is just like, That's super dangerous. And maybe, like, no, you shouldn't do that. And she's like, I just don't understand. And he explains that he's like part canine. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's he's a like, lichen, 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 lichen something. Anyway, so the point is he explains he's part canine and Jupiter pauses for like two seconds and then says, but I love dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, he's like, I have more in common with a dog than I have with you. And she's like, but I like dogs. But I love dogs. I love dogs. And he's just like. Mm-hmm. And then he just leaves and she just is standing there and she's like. I love dogs. Like that's, like that's how you decided to word that, but you're also just like you just created a catchphrase, girl. Like that's I've been using that. So I've been using that to myself like for the whole week. I love dogs. But I love dogs. <laughs> it's like, do I want to get Cheez-Its or do I want to get Ritz crackers to like feed this <laughs> this cracker sensation that I have right now? And I'm standing in a in an aisle at, at like a pharmacy and like, just looking at these. But I love dogs. And I'm just like, oh, I'll get the Ritz, and I grab the Ritz, and then I'm like. Thinking about the Cheez-Its, and I'm like, but I love dogs. But like, I love but, dogs. I don't know. It keeps popping up. It's so you can You can attribute so it to dumb. anything. It's so and it's fun to say out loud when no one's around you. Because then everybody's like, what is he talking about? What, what are they talking about? Where's the dog? 
Where's the dog? Where's the, where's the dog? And you're the just like, in this, the Cheez-Its are the dog. Yeah, of course, naturally. But I love dogs. Yep. Cheers, by the way, too. This Cheers. Is, I think this is going well. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. What What a fucking movie, man. Um. Uh, mm. Real quick, um, we're probably getting close to the halfway point here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd really love to uh, talk about Eddie Redmayne's performance just, just yeah. lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of the uh, best villain performances I have ever I've seen in a very long time. It's I I've, weird, I've, yeah. I've ref- I've tried to stop myself from being so hyperbolic where I'm just like it's one of the best things I've ever seen cuz I cuz when I when I love something in the moment But you love dogs. It's my, I love dogs. I have to. <laughs> I love dogs. I love dogs. In this case. I love dogs. Yeah. I love dogs. Uh Wes Anderson's I love dogs. Um <laughs> Eddie Redmayne's like voice and like how he chooses to it's you don't know how hard it it's so much fun to say things like that it's crazy yeah I can't do it I don't think like my vocal cords are made for that is this supposed to be that like remember they say that uh yes you're right it, right is this a thing yeah so that it's like he's it. he's the elitist yeah. or whatever the or the entitled yes. they call them entitled yeah it's like they say like oh Kane got in trouble and the reason that Stinger got like banished and put in prison and stuff is because Kane like a little wild dog that he is mm-hmm. went rup, 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 and uh like tried to rip a an, a, an entitled like throat out yes uh, but we don't know if that entitled died. They never say who the entitled mm-hmm. is, and it's supposed to be Balaam, and that's why he talks. Yeah, that's why he talks like that. Like the greatest villain you've ever. Heard. Yeah, like Marlon Brando in The Godfather, but like he's so. It's good it's like movie. there's a really obvious like vocal vocal connection between those two characters. Mm-hmm. Where like, I create life. I create life. I create life. Life. <laughs> It's great. It's so good. I love my mother. Oh God, it was so strange. It was just like, I love talking like him. I'm so sorry. I'll stop doing it's just it. Like it's gonna keep going. It's isn't it? so good. And his costumes, though, he was like he also was one who was basically shirtless the whole time. He just had on like a cape. Yeah, he's got like a big like kind of like half coat cape kind of thing going but, on, but like open chest and like a, mm-hmm. uh, a neck collar. Yeah, and it's to just, accentuate like, his it's in- his gigantic neck, and to, I think to also like its armor at that point to protect. Yeah, from little Yippie dogs. dogs that he does not love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, quick too. I was never aware. Eddie Redmayne was never on my radar until I saw Fantastic Beasts for the first time. Really? I was aware of his existence because huh. Theory of Everything had happened. Jupiter Ascending had happened. Uh, uh, he had won. Les Mis had happened. Yeah. He was in all of these things. And I've very, never very I've never quickly. seen Les Mis, oh, the, no. the new one. I haven't seen it. <gasps> oh, it's just because I'm not a, not a fucking big fan of that director. Um, I just don't, I, I don't like him. Um, I finally watched the King's speech. Mm, okay. Um, what's, what's the guy's name? Is it like, I don't know. Toby Hooper. Is it, that's not him. That's a completely different director. Eddie Redmayne though. Eddie Redmayne though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Fantastic Beasts and I was like, stop the presses. Who's this guy? <laughs> this is great. This guy is doing so way cute. more than he needs to right now. <laughs> I know, and then I watched so like Theory of Everything. I watched Jupiter Ascending. I watched, uh. Uh, there was another movie that he was in. The Danish Girl. The Danish Girl. And oh. I'm like, 
This guy is doing, if this guy was doing 25% less than mm-hmm. what he's doing right now, he'd still be doing great. Yeah. He's like always overdoing it. He, yeah, he and overacts it's, in a big way. But it's like, it works. It, like it, it fits the characters yeah. that he's playing. Maybe not so much in the Danish girl, but like it's still, it's still a good performance. Yeah. I think it's, he's like stage trained. Right. And that's, you know. And he's just like kind of letting it out there the right. whole time. Yeah. It, it, him him and him and this goddamn movie. <laughs> like really every time he shows up, like you if just I, got like you just light up. You're just I was like, like oh, eating soup while I'm like watching You're the movie. Okay. I'm eating soup yes. or cause uh, or eating or drinking soup. Sure. It, it was a very uh it was a very brothy soup. It was very liquidy. So I was more drinking the soup. So as I was drinking, I'm like for all of our <laughs> listeners out there. Thank you. ASMR. I, I, I'm sipping the soup, but as I'm sipping the soup, like obviously I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not paying as much attention to the movie as I could be. I'm paying attention, but oh, maybe I'm not hearing that. As soon as he shows up, I'm like, put the fucking soup down. <laughs> Sip it down. You just got it. Like like the principal yeah. just walked into the, the classroom. Like, oh, no, just pay attention. It's so weird. Like he's not like an authority in any of his other films, really. Like he doesn't have a mm. presence, mm-hmm. you know, but in this film, they have like created a presence for him. It's in he between. He immediately. He went for it. Because he's in the prologue. He's like one of like the main dudes in the prologue. Yeah. We're like, who is this? Yeah. And then when he shows back up, he's just like. Go! I know, he's just yelling and screaming. He's got like dragon people. I know, oh my god. And gosh, like we didn't rat mention. mouse people. Hot chicanery. Is that what I was yes. You just said a word. I don't know what that is. It's the rat guy. The weird rat guy? Yeah. Who I was convinced was played by a woman. Just no. because like it's just like the voice and the mannerisms. I was like, are they just like like is that Kirsten Wig under there or something that's like doing one of the things that she does? No. But then I found out it's just like some dude. Some some English it's dude. It's some English dude, which is all throughout this movie. Yeah. I know. They really they really went for it. Like only the I feel like only the two main characters, Jupiter and Kane, are American. And like the rest of the cast is basically English, which is kind of very Star Wars. Yeah, you know, like the the main three mm-hmm. like are are, are American, yeah. and then there's everybody else is British. Yeah, it's interesting that they use uh, the the like space people in general, like even Sean Bean as like a meta like. You could read into that by saying like, oh, yeah, of course, the space colonialists have English accents. Of course. Yeah. Sure. And of course, like the American, the Americans are the one like fighting back against the British. And it just like it's it's such like a common trope and it like makes no sense, especially when you like blow it up to like space opera proportions. Mm -hmm. But I think it speaks to the way that the Wachowskis were very deliberate about like everything about this film. I think that it's not there's no part of this film that is like slapdash you know like it's bonkers i will admit it i'm not saying that there's not problems but i'm gonna say that they made the decision to make those problems yes they are considered problems like again i i don't think that any of the problems that people can find in this movie were not deliberate Mm -hmm. i do not think for a second that when they made channing tatum (laughs) superstar of the time be like weirdly just look weird yeah because they put pointed ears on him yeah and and like like, weird weird hair he looks fucking weird and they just like they took like like the the heartthrob of like the time yeah and they were like we're gonna throw this in there and it's like they did it on purpose they had to have yeah yeah and mila kunis was like just undergoing a resurgence at that point i think that this is like one of her first films that she did after she like stopped being pregnant and a housewife Mm mm-hmm so that's interesting too. My only real 
Mia Kunis. This is, I think, it, has she ever done any like sci-fi or fantasy stuff before? Well, I was I was really excited watching this because I was like, is this like the only like Mia Kunis like headlined movie? And then I saw Channing Tatum's first and I was like, oh, come on. Rude. Like, rude. Rude. Well, that might be a spelling thing. No, it wouldn't be. Channing, Channing Tatum? Oh, well, I don't no, know. No, they go by the last name. Sometimes they can go by the first name. <sighs> I've seen it both ways. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he's in the movie a lot, and he deserves it, and he's the big star. That makes sense. But, yeah. like, she's the main character. She is, yeah. She is absolutely the main character. And it's like, Mia Kunis, though, as far as, like, you know, that 70s show aside, really all I was ever really interested in about Mia Kunis was, like, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I think she's phenomenal in. I she's think she plays funny. that part perfectly how she's supposed to do it, where mm-hmm. she's equally funny, equally, like, the temptation, but then mm-hmm. also equally the the love interest and and like kind of yeah. the, the broken the hearted the one like caught in the middle of yeah. everything i love it yeah i think that she i think that her comedic timing like really helps in this film a lot i think that there's really no way to deliver a lot of jupiter's lines without like having that kind of undercurrent of like dark weird dark subtle comedy and i think it's very 90s as well like a lot of the dialogue just feels like they're trying to make a joke but they're not trying to like make a joke of of like the kind of witty banter that we're used to seeing in like modern comedies. And I think it's really interesting. And it's also just like, it just doesn't work very well. No, <laughs> It's not a great choice, but they just go for it. It's fine. I think it works well in this movie though, because the movie itself overall is charming. Oh, There's so not charming. a moment in this movie that it's not still trying to win you over. The movie's going to be over in five minutes and they're still just like, you like us, right? Yeah. You live right. Like yeah, you wanna, what you if we do this? Out? You'll still like us. Right. Yeah. And I, I kind of like put that in the same vein as, uh, did you see Aquaman from last year? Oh my God, I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I loved Aquaman. Okay. I thought Aquaman was charming in the same way that this movie is. Maybe it doesn't have as many like uh, crazy moving parts Mm -hmm. that you can kind of pick out and go, hell yeah, that's great. But both of these movies did feel like a movie that would have been made in the late 80s, early 90s that I would have loved to have seen when I was a kid and then grow up watching. All right. I, I can respect that opinion. I can okay. I can all Thank you. I'll say that yes that that makes a lot of sense and I agree with that. Um, I did not like Aquaman. What didn't you like about Aquaman? This is something Aquaman. Fuck. Well, we're about to take a break, so why don't you just real quick tell us tell us your, what, what's your what's your take on Aquaman? Uh, I thought it was really trite, and I didn't Definitely. like how they diminished the f- strong female characters in favor of the mediocre men. One hundred percent. Also, some of the visual effects were really bad, and yep. also. Why wasn't Jason Momoa shirtless for longer than four minutes? Agree on on everything, yeah. But again, late eighties. <laughs> late, I mean, yeah. It fits in perfectly. <laughs> it's true. I was just, I was expecting better from DC after Wonder Woman. So was I, but I will say I was not expecting what I got when I. I think Aquaman. I didn't see it like. Uh, I think I saw Aquaman eventually in like February. Yeah. So the the bastard had been out there for like two months, oh and I went and watched it just like on a fluke, <laughs> and I was like, well, let's take him in Aquaman now. And I'd read nothing about it. I knew nothing about it. And I watched it and I was like, hey, this is kind of fun, oh my right? God. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Everybody in my theater was like, not really, like was kind of yawning and everything. I was like, hey, this is really, look what, what are they doing? They're riding sailhorses, man. Like, this is really cool. They uh, just had a huge visual effects budget that they just blew on a giant oh, yes. sea crab at the very end. It, but it looked great. Here's the thing, though. Here's, like, the big thing that I think will distinguish... Linda's pointing at me. Yeah. Okay? The big thing that I think will distinguish, like, how earnest Aquaman is and how earnest 
Jupiter Ascending is, is at the end of the movie, after going through like this whole spiel about like, we need to protect our oceans and like respect all life, right? (laughs) That's like the literally, like the first half of the movie is all about that. He literally starts a giant war and sacrifices a ton of people, like a ton of like underwater creatures for the sake of like his pride. And it's just like, wow, you had a point there about like consumerism and like mm-hmm. actually like dealing with your shit as humans and like c- climate control and like pollution. And then like they find that point and then they do like a 300, like a 180 around it and just mm-hmm. go straight off the other direction. Kind of like how Aquaman swims around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's it. It's Fun. G- great. The landing. Great place to take a break. And when we come back, we will continue talking about Jupes, Jupiter, Jupes Ascendant. Hell yeah. Right. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Hello, and welcome to another episode of It's Fits, where Story Screen's own film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1982 Ridley Scott film, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Starring Harrison Ford. Directed by Ridley Scott. My my dad really liked it. And I remember... Like, I've ne- I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing. I have it in... No, I don't have it on DVD. But my dad did, blah, blah, blah. I just remember the... What's her name? She's, like, married to Neil Young right now. That actress, Daryl Hannah. Is she in it? I don't think so. Maybe she is. I just remember her, like, being all makeuped up and, like, looking naked. That's the only thing I remember from Blade Runner. And I remember the opening scene because I tried to watch it again, and... I think like the overdubs kind of just threw me off or maybe I just wasn't in the mood. And then there's a new Blade Runner, but you were probably talking about the first one. Were you talking about the director's cut? Or who, wait, am I talking about the director's cut? I don't know, I've never seen it. Um, But it's on my to watch list. Jesus. This has been another episode of It's Fits. Welcome back. Uh, Jumping right back into it, man. Uh, So uh, I guess we should hold off on the Eddie Redmayne talk as much as he is my sweet baby boy in this movie. I'm really sorry about that. No, no, it's okay. We'll we'll talk about him more once we get to the end. We're holding off the ending. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And he is... Oh He's God. in a lot of that ending. He is the ending. He uh, is the ending. What do you what do you, what do you want to hit next, man? So I really so we sort of talked about how this movie was like generally panned by the critics and like no one really liked it. Roasted. Yeah, but here's the thing: there is a very specific subset of like female sci-fi and fantasy fans who love this movie. Good. Just like there's a hardcore like female fan base that is just like so into this movie because. For I mean, for a lot of reasons, like it uh, defies traditional gender roles and it doesn't have a hero who is like not in touch with their feelings and it doesn't have a hero who is just like trying to fight. Like this is a hero who's just trying to like make things better. Yeah. And I think that we, we sort of failed to state that the reason that she is fighting so hard is because like her 
Earth is about to be harvested to be produce like a life serum. We missed that part. We missed that. Like, well, I, I figured we'd get to it eventually. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So yeah, Earth is Earth is about to be harvested to produce a life sustaining serum, which is how these people like can live thousands, thousands of years. Earth is just is a very big farm mm-hmm. of many farms. Yes, it's it's a farm that's been you know growing for. I guess essentially the idea is that. They so plant old. these things, just yeah. such as like in Earth's thing. They were like, oh, there were dinosaurs. They wiped the dinosaurs out, mm-hmm. made a nice clean slate, planted earthlings. Yes. And they allow a population to grow until about six, seven billion, until mm-hmm. it's like overpopulized. And then they go on in and they clean shop, they harvest. Kind of interesting that like we have, we had this in like 2015 and now we have like the Thanos snap. Yeah. It's really interesting that they're like playing with the same ideas like, oh, well, you're overpopulated anyway. Like we're not actually taking life. We are giving life. Create life. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's interesting the way that they've played with a lot of the themes that we've seen come back recently. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's like a dedicated and staunch fan base of like female fans who just like love this again, because like we have a hero who is in touch with their feelings, who like does act like a normal girl. More or less, it's just like, I have no idea what's going on, but let's just go for it. And yeah. who is like very much a practical, but like strong personality. Like she might not make life, not life altering, but she might not make decisions that change the plot in a big way. But her agency is never actually questioned. And I, I would say, too, that her decisions that she makes mm-hmm. uh, stop the villains of the movie from getting what they want, yeah. not through her like busting and destroying and killing, but just by standing, but standing her ground and going, yeah, I might, I might've made a mistake a second ago and I'm owning up to that right now. And no, we're not going to do this. Right. And it's, I, I, I did, I, I, there's a part of you that wants Mia Kunis by the end of the movie mm-hmm. to start kicking some ass. And right. in my, I actually think that she does. And we'll talk about that at the end. Mm-hmm. But I do think that also, like, the very ending, like, the kind of uh, the cliffhanger, so to speak, of the end, it mm-hmm. kind of insinuates that in sequels, perhaps, uh, she'll have more of a an action grounding. Yes. Which, give me a fucking sequel to this movie. <laughs> oh We're never going to get it. So we might as well pray for it as much as we oh can to God. anything. Yeah. But yeah, so just the fact that, like, yeah, she is a different kind of hero. And she is, like, an every girl in a real in a real sense of the word um, of or like the the trope of like she's not a Mary Sue, she doesn't have all the answers, she's not the prettiest or the coolest or smartest or whatever, but she's like doing her best and it's really they're very sincere and direct like this is the best she can do and you know what? It's good enough. She fucking does it. Mm-hmm. She does everything that she needs to do and I think that it's interesting the way they also play with like gender roles in this film where it's like yes, the protectors are men, but also like the seducers are women and there is just like this massive like marriage plot in the middle of this film. Like an I love that too. Yeah. <laughs> that's just marriage. like that's something that you would imagine like would be the like towards movie. the end of the movie or something like the like the marriage and everything, the no. cataclysm. But it's like there's a moment in the marriage thing where you're like, how much more is left of this movie? And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's still like half an hour in the movie. Oh, that's right. We still have Eddie Redmayne's like yeah, floating still, out there being all fucking drab and shit. I know. Like, OK, so just speaking of it, any one of those people could have worn their outfits to the Met Gala a couple of days ago and like embodied camp. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying. I create life. <laughs> like they could have, they could have been K 
campier. They could have like just ripped off the entire Jupiter ascending wardrobe and like, yes, this is Met Gala appropriate. Go forth, <laughs> which is great. But yeah, I mean, that's another thing. It was just like so campy. Like the dialogue was campy. The costumes were campy. The the like overwhelming immensity, the enormous, the enormosity of like sure. the world that they created was just like, pure camp it's campy not for the sake of nostalgic sake you know what i mean like it's like a whole thing with like stranger things and uh all these kind of throwback Mm -hmm. uh like 80s kind of stuff which i like most of it because it's like yeah as long as it's a good i've seen a bunch of 80s throwback shit that's just absolute goddamn trash Uh. but like it, it, like with something like Stranger Things or something like um, even Captain Marvel, which mm-hmm. is like kind of doing that, that kind of throwback stuff to the yes. 90s. There's like it's they're doing that for nostalgic sake and mm-hmm. it works for like thematic purposes from here and there. But this movie is really just like they're honing in on the idea of camp itself, not mm-hmm. from like a specific point. Like there's just as much. Uh, Flash Gordon in this as there is like Star Wars which might sound like kind of like going against each other because Mm -hmm. like Star Wars was inspired by Flash Gordon but I think that this movie has way more incline with Flash Gordon than say Star Wars today Mm -hmm. I think that this movie really got like if you were to make Flash Gordon now, mm-hmm. how would you do it? Oh, how would you be able to ride that line of camp? You would hire them. And that, I think that that's like, you know, when the studios gave them all of this money and mm-hmm. they could make whatever they wanted, yeah. they were just like, we're going to we're gonna do this like weird fucking Stargate thing and it's going to be a lot of fun and it everybody's going to like it. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing. It, it was like camp devoid of nostalgia in, in exactly what you're talking about. And I think it was also like devoid of like... It wasn't – so you're talking about, like, all of these inspirations, but I don't think it was referential. Like, so many of the the new sci-fi and fantasy movies that are coming out, they all, like, reference something or they're, like, playing on tropes. Even, like, Get Out is playing on the birds, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that there is something very unique and different and innovative about Jupiter Ascending that – I'm not going to say that they weren't ready for it, but people were not ready for Jupiter Ascending. They were not. No, no, no. I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't see it when it came out because I wasn't ready for it. And it's. <laughs> I, I think we're in 100% agreement right now, where yeah. we're kind of like we're, we're rewording and building upon the mm-hmm. point that we're both getting to, which yes. which is that Jupiter Ascending is very much. It knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It is both being um, homage and yes. referential while also being original in its own. Like that's yeah. the one thing that keeps the movie so sincere yeah, and keeps it from being too silly is how original it's being. It's not derivative. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's also like fascinating that the, the Wachowskis were basically given this huge budget and we're just like we and I think that the studios were just like we want you to create a totally new IP because I think that they had done Speed Racer and Cloud Atlas and all of these other pieces that they had already. They were getting to like a kind of Tim Burton thing where yeah. like it was they weren't creating their own original stuff anymore. They yeah. were just kind of taking other people's stuff and putting their own attitude on it. Right. And I think that that's that might have been why they were just like, no, we want something original from you guys. And I think that it's really fascinating to see like the parallels in between Jupiter Ascending and Sense8. And, like, the ways that they play with gender and the way that they play with, like, just sexuality and the way that they play with, like, people owning who they are in Sense8 versus Jupiter Ascending. And I and I feel like the Wachowskis in every single one of their movies, especially in their, like, original, the, the movies that they make as, like, their original pieces of work, you see them build on each other and they, like, make 
better movies every time, like Bound. When they first made Bound, no one really knew what to do with it. But then they made Ma- The Matrix and they were like, this is a movie. And it was incredible. And it, But the callbacks to Bound are like super clear. And then it's the same thing with Jupiter Ascending and Sense8. I think that those two movies, and well, Sense8, you know, is a TV show. But I think that those two pieces of media are like intimately linked together in a very clear and direct way. I think that it would be really cool if someone wrote a thesis on that, maybe, sometime, and I could read it. Oh my gosh, wait, another piece of trivia. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. The original Jupiter Ascending script is supposed to be over 300 pages long. Believe it. And it's, I can't find it anywhere. I wish that this movie was an hour longer. (laughs) I really do. Like, I, I really, by the time you get to the end of it, you're just like, don't go. Don't. Don't go, please. Oh my gosh. And oh my gosh, the ending is just like such a classic rom-com ending. Mm-hmm. It's just like such a happily ever after. I'm into it though. I know. Because it's like, it's everything Spoilers. has been so like intricate into like the galactic soap opera of everything that they've really never kind of focused on. You know, say what you will about uh, Jupiter's attraction to Kane and she loves their kind of lack of chemistry as far as the actors go or like dialogue or anything. Yeah. At the end of the day, you kind of really, I care about Jupe and I want her to be happy and I want to see her with Kane and I want to see Kane being like, yeah, I'll be broody with you too. And then like, <laughs> I want to see them kind of like skating and flying around Chicago. It's so really cool. Cute. Oh my god! And now she's like the queen of the world. Yeah, but she doesn't tell anybody. No, she's got like a secret identity. I know she's it's, a superhero. It's fucking cool. Yeah. It's really cool, and yeah. I want more of it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just I want more. It's great, and like she, it's so cool how like she does go back to her life. Like she doesn't try to change the fact that she's still a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the movie, she is still scrubbing toilets. Yeah, she doesn't abuse her power. She's she's That's amazing. She's completely humbled by the experience because of the humbling experience she had before yeah. this side epic she's yeah. like no 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 yeah. no no no, no. Yeah. let's let's chill and it's you know like uh eddie redmayne's whole reveal i guess we can kind of dip into it here yeah, like, sure. at the end yes we it is revealed to us that eddie redmayne's character what's his name uh balaam 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 abraxas uh it's revealed to us that uh not only is he one of the best villains ever, uh, that he actually, that he is the one that killed his mother. Yes. And that she asked him to do it, mm-hmm. as far as we know from him. Yeah. And regardless of that fact is that he has some really big mommy issues. Oh my God. He so turns crazy. into a straight up mommy's boy at it's the end. It's wild. And I think Mia Kunis's whole line at the end where she's where she's just like, I am not, not your mother. mother. It's kind of like an in, am I the only one that's reading this? Mm-hmm. That that's kind of an inversion of the classic Yeah, I'm Star I, Wars, I am I your am father. Your father Luke. Right. Like Luke, I'm not I'm not I the only one father. reading this. That's why yeah. that's there, right? Yeah, yeah. I have heard nobody say this. <sighs> And so I'm just like, I did not come up with that. I am not that smart. Somebody else Someone in the have. past like four years, somebody must have. Maybe. Tweet at us if you did. Tweet at us. Tweet at us. Tweet. At story underscore screen. Come on. Um, Show us wrong. I, I, when that happened, I was, I was done with my soup already. <laughs> oh, 
good. And I was just like, yes, yes. I like scared my cat because I was like, yeah. And it's like, I, I didn't know what that ending, how it was going to turn out yeah. because it, it turns into this like kind of almost Spider-Man 3 kind of thing at one point where it's like, oh, it's crazy. when characters that are so small in such a big space move from one space to another so fast while they're fighting mm-hmm. and it's like CGI and they're like falling down tunnels yeah. and they're grabbing things and like grabbing onto that pole would have like ripped your arm out of the socket. I, I don't know. I don't know how gravity works. It's on Jupiter. Different gravity. Yeah, we need to say that it was in the the red spot of Jupiter was where like the final showdown happened. Which is fucking crazy. It's <laughs> so dumb. I, it's like, not dumb. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's not dumb. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's fucking cray cray. And I love it. I mean, like, it's one of those things where at the point in time when you hear like, oh, yeah, you need to go to like Jupiter's red spot to meet Balaam. And Jupiter is just like, fuck it. Fine. Let's go do it. Let's, yeah. let's just... Well, because at that point now, she's just like, well, I met my, like, quote unquote daughter. Family. And she was just like this chick that was, like, in some old person makeup. And then all of a sudden, she's not old. I know. And then I was with my other son. And, like, He tried to marry me, I guess? It's it's kind of like they all have, like, these kind of different dealings of, uh, like, mommy issues. Yeah. Where it's, like, one, one, like, it's, like, as far as, like, the two boys go, like, they're kind of the, the different retaliations of Oedipus. Like, one wants to sleep with his mom he wants to marry her yep. even if it's for a personal gain yeah who knows how far he would have taken that if she hadn't caught on ew uh and the other one safe to say very far wants to kill her has killed her yeah. wants to kill her again yep. and as far as like the uh the daughter mm-hmm. she's just kind of more like i mean i read it as she's very I don't want to say complacent because that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. She's very comfortable with the situation. And she's just like, look, my brothers are fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And they both want you right now. And I am not getting in their way. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just give you to the lesser crazy one who I kind of like more yeah. and might help me out. Yeah. And that's kind of like, that's like when Channing Tatum and everybody, sh- Kane, sorry. Kane, Kane, you shot me a look. You're Kane. like, his name is not Channing Tatum. <laughs> Kanan Tatum shows up and um, is going to save them. Yes. And they're with like the Eggsies. They're with the the, the Eggsiers. Aegis. the Aegis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, well, I was going to give you them anyway. Like, They'll take you where you're going. Sure. And it's just like, oh, shit, Bye-bye. you are in control of this situation. Yeah, Even the rescue doesn't around. mess up her plans. No. Yeah. No, she's on it. And it's great. It's just like, yeah, there's a really interesting way that like uh, – Titus sort of reveals that he was also going to kill her anyway. Right. And he just wanted her signature. And then Balaam is just like, I think Kalik is the one who's just like, yeah, I know that this is going to implode and I'm going to end up on top. So y'all do your crazy thing. Right. She's just like, I've been been alive long enough where... Kalik is cool out here. Yeah, it, it's all good. It's all good. Like, I, I waited until you showed up so mm. I could show you, like, my old person and then, like, go in there and then be like, huh. Mm, yeah. I also like how, like, all of the brother, like, I guess like it's just the first sister and the brother, um, Titus mm-hmm. and Kalik? Kalik. Mm-hmm. Kalik. Um, they each get half of the exposition mm-hmm. of, like, what the grand operation of the business is yes. as far as, like, the world building. Like, yes. she's just kind of like, check this out. This is what we do. do <gasps> would you like to know how we do it? Never mind. Go to my brother. Never and mind. He'll tell you. Yeah. And, and, and then Humans. she's like, so so we're like, uh, you know, uh, you know, we uh, I don't know if you heard about this stuff. Uh, helps us be young. And also, you know, like, uh, it's made from people. <laughs> people. It's people. Silent green. I know. 
people. Yeah, that's what it is. And she drops one and she's just like, oh shit. You're like, oh no. And you actually feel bad for her because she's she's getting all of this information at once. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, oh yeah, guys. The the life serum is made from people. It's made from people. Yeah, they. I think we we're talking about that in the harvesting. Like they they, they, oh, they grant. What is it? What do they say? It's like a hundred people. Right. That's a hundred yeah, people per like, like capsule. But she's like in a pool of it. So like that's probably like what? Like at least Chicago. Like two hundred. Three hundred capsules. Something it's got to be a lot. lot of capsules. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Because it's like they're, the, the tubes, the vials that they have, they say are like 100 people are like the size of like the ooze from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, not a reference I get. Uh, it's like I the size you. of a rule. It's like a foot. Yeah, sure. And it's got like some stuff it's and it's foot. got like some gray. Yeah. Okay. It's a tube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cylinder filled with 100 people. Yeah, gross. Looks like. I love it. And it has a dragonfly on it. That's like the big Does thing. It really? Yeah, remember? Cool. No, I don't remember that. I was probably still catching up on like the other <laughs> shit that they just said, like when they showed the jacket flight. Oh my god, this movie is so dumb. <laughs> no, it's crazy. It's I love crazy. It. I love it. I like, don't think it's dumb. I think it's silly yes, and crazy yeah. and ridiculous and absurd. Okay, absurd is a really good word. But I don't think it ever goes into like stupid. You're right. I would say it's. I would say like the most. The most like negative maybe even slightly derogatory thing i could say towards the movie mm-hmm. is that it is too lavish yeah, it's, for its own good it like it's really like is. you it it doesn't have like the a, plot structural backbone yeah. to back up all of this shit that it's putting on the table i mean like i said every single choice turns into five choices yeah. <laughs> you know oh my gosh and it's just like it's wild and it's one of those things where it's like the whole thing is just one after another it's like non-stop visual effects and then like oh it's there's always something to look at in this movie like mm-hmm. this is never a movie where something is static or slow or it doesn't stop it keeps going yeah and it just there's always something new to look at like the vfx for this movie are just incredible they look great it again like really you have mentioned about the ships and yes. like the ships like with the they all have like like plates that mm-hmm. are like connected by like gravity or space juice. Space? Who knows? Yeah, like but they but they're like kind of moving around yeah. and like floating and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen <laughs> Titan A? No. Titan A E is right. Titan yeah, you don't have to. It's okay. Titan A E mm-hmm. is a movie that was uh, co-written by. You've uh, told me about this, Joss Whedon. And we had this, this discussion right. very briefly That's at a right. bar one night. I remember this. Leave Whedon behind. All right. It's a conversation for another day. I will. But Titan A.E. is a, this movie reeks of Jupiter Ascending. <gasps> and as I was watching Jupiter Ascending, I was like, this movie reeks of Titan A.E. I have to rewatch Titan A.E. And I rewatched Titan mm-hmm. A.E. a couple nights ago yeah. just to like get the connections. You should watch Titan A.E. <laughs> okay. Just because it's a quick hour and a half, it's got some real bad like '90s music in it. No. It's fantastic. Lit is in it more than once. Lit, lit, lit. Uh, my own worst enemy. That song. Uh, it's no surprise to me. I am my own oh, worst no. enemy. Oh, no. And they got this one song where like I'm in over my head. You're lying to me. I'm not lying. What? I'm many things, but a liar is not one That's of them. Not- I might make shit up, but I don't lie. You need to watch. Ty- it's on HBO oh, as well. I don't have so. HBO. Get it. That's the one you should have. It's ten bucks. 
That's the one you should have. That's got the weird honey. shit. Honey. Honey. That's the one you should have. What do we call it? What do we call this that we were doing? It's kind of like the honey. The we're doing this thing where it's like we we you put your you put your 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 hand straight, kind of like a hello. Yeah. But you put place it all the way down with a finger touching, kind of touching the table, kind of like how like a. Like how like how like a deer kind of like yeah, scratches like a, the ground. It's like a it's a little prince, honey. And you just you like, need to. You just touch. You just touch some of the, like the barest touch your fingers, and you're just like, oh, sweetie. Now, honey, honey, HBO is one of the best streaming <laughs> services that you should have. Do you have Hulu? What are you doing without HBO? I'm watching Good Girls. Well, everybody has their own prerogatives. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Titan AE Titan is uh, an absolute disaster of a movie. But I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, just because I had never seen anything like it, like besides mm. Treasure Planet, which mm. is also an atrocity oh to mankind. Wow. It's crazy. I love that movie. I love that movie too. It's an atrocity. Uh, we should do a Treasure Planet. Yeah, Treasure episode. Planet. Oh my God. I have the Jim Hawkins haircut. Okay, so we're already deciding right now that between now and like... <laughs> Was it? We're recording this in May, so from like, we have the you have the summer. Watch Titan AE. Okay. Watch Treasure Planet. We'll get back together in like August, Perfect. and we'll, we'll talk about them, and we'll just use that as like a vehicle to talk our fanfic Jupiter Ascending, which I have already started writing. Yes, because we're not going to get a sequel. Oh my god! This is like tell me. I want. I want more. What's the plot? What's happening? I'm not going to tell you. But I'm so excited. I have to like give it to you all as a story. That's I can't. Fair. I can't tell you the first act without okay. where it goes. All right. Give All you, right, that's fair. Give you give you what a quarter of a circle. You're gonna be like, what's that? I gotta give you the whole circle. It's the red thread. I look forward to that. It's gonna be I'm fun. I'm gonna hold you to that. Um, we still have plenty of time. Yeah. What more do you want to talk about? I don't <laughs> we know, have plenty man. of time. Oh here. my gosh, this this movie's just wild. Um, yeah, I think the the whole gender stereotypes and how that sort of is really interesting, considering like the Wachowskis transitions during this time. Um, we sort of, we looked it up and this movie was made in 2015. Lana, who was formerly Lawrence, um, she was already fully out and transitioned. Andrew was, uh, who became Lily. Um, she had not yet begun to transition, but I think it's really interesting just to find, um, the ways in which like gender is played with and the ways in which like power is talked about and how people get power from their mom. And how people like be by like becoming women become powerful in this movie because it's it's not at the end of it tighten tighten it Titus I've this is some strong drinks thank you you're welcome I haven't drink I haven't eaten a lot today I had a slice of pizza I had less than that you're welcome <laughs> well done us um, but I did have pizza it was like half a slice I mean it's the way that us busy people go oh my god yeah. <laughs> so it's lovely. a bunch of work and interviews a slice of pizza alcohol. Wow. Oh, I've been called out. I mean, that's what it is. Hey, hey, hey honey, honey, don't, sweet don't touch it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about it, girl. Don't it's good. Worry. You'll get there. Oh my God. Okay. So Titus is. You're already there as far as I'm concerned. I am. I'm a bit of a lush. It's fine. I'm a cheap date. If any lady wants to take me out. Um, so Titus. Yeah. Give, give him your, your Twitter handle. Oh, at Linfin while you're like doing this ice thing. Oh yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This at, is probably the worst time to do it, too. At underscore L-I-N-F-I-N-N. Talk to me about Jupiter Ascending. I might send you my fanfic. <gasps> <gasps> Titus. 
Is that code for something? No, it's literally okay. just like I have fan fiction I, out there for Jupiter ascending. Um, I, yeah. the, I poured the ice on my blackberries. Hold on, I'm sorry. I got this. Shit. Come on, dude. I got it. I got it. I got Get it. it, I got it. This is a professional podcast. Okay, continue, please. <laughs> yeah, so just like the way that like women have power and women are allowed to like give power to other women. And the way that, like, men constantly have to, like, fight against women to get power, I think is a really interesting uh, switch on the way that, like, the power structures, especially in sci-fi and fantasy, are usually created. Because usually in sci-fi and fantasy, it's, like, an emperor or a king or, like, some kind of large military empire that has been passed down, like, through generals or admirals or Darth Vader's Sith. Sith Lords. I know Star Wars words. <laughs> Thank you. So I think it's just really fascinating that in, in this specific franchise, it's women and queens and uh, like the way that like the business is done. It's not necessarily about who has the biggest guns or who has like the, the most weapons or the biggest army because there's like already like a proto army in Aegis that's out there sort of like policing everything. It really is just that like women are in control and they pass that control along to other women. And it's like a very distinct direct line where it's like the men are held hostage by like the power that women have in this movie, which I think is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool. I mean, there also is though, I I agree with everything that you're saying and I find it very cool about the movie, but there also is the fact that because uh, Jupiter's character is such a, um, relatively powerless mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, Caning Tatum has to come in constantly. Like there's, I think like three or four separate like saving. Yeah, rescuing her. Like rescuing her. But I think it's, I don't think that she ever, uh, I don't think that she ever feels powerless because of that. And I'll say from my point of view, but it's probably, you know, from who I am as a person, uh, like a, a straight man, uh, I was never like, oh, he's taking something from her. It's yeah. more, he's more like, she, I, she's in over her head. And if right. I'm not there to protect her, she doesn't know this world and she can be taken advantage of. And even when he thinks she's being taken advantage of, she's aware that something's going on. Yeah. And she's more doing like the whole reason that she's going to marry Titus in the first place is mm-hmm. because like she maybe half thinks that what he's saying is true, but it's yeah. also like he's going to kill Kane or, yeah. and it's like, Oh, then this. And it's like, Man. yeah, I think it's also the, the fact that like she is never unaware that she's in over her head when she's rescued, which I think is exactly what you're saying. But I think it's also the fact that she is never so desperate that she like asks to be rescued. Yeah. And like once Kane comes in and like swoops her off her feet and like helps rescue her. She's like, "Oh, thank goodness you're here. I was just about to call you." <laughs> Which I think is well, a- she likes him. Like, yeah. so she's kind of like, "Yeah, I'm glad you saved like, me." Oh, like, hey, do you hey, like buddy. saving me? I like I like you saving me. It's, that's nice. How you doing, stud? Just like the the whole thing. Anyway, yeah, it's great. Um, so I think I find that fascinating and like the way that they've played with that. Man, this movie is just, like, wild. It's just a trip. And, like, the fact that they have this, like... So the final scene is her family, like, her actual, like, biological family. Stereotypical Russian family. Yeah, the stereotypical (laughs) Russian family has been kidnapped. It's like everybody loves... I know. What's what's the Russian equivalent of Raymond? Vladimir? Sure. All right. Everyone loves Vladdy. 
Everyone loves Vlad. Everyone loves Vlad. Da. Buska. Oh. Why? Why? Why not? Why don't? Why don't you get married already? Get married. Get married. Have, have, have a baby. baby. <laughs> yeah. See, we went to the same I spot know, immediately. So good. Um, yeah. So basically, like, stereotype. At the end of the movie, her family has been kidnapped by Balaam and is now on Jupiter, like the actual planet. Oh, Jupiter. I forgot all about that. That's right. <laughs> yes, he, they're on Jupiter. The whole reason that like they even have to go there is because Balaam's just like, well, I'm going to get your new family. I know. And I'll kill them. if Because that's, what's his end game? He's like, I can't kill you anymore because mm. now if I kill you, I don't get Earth. If I killed you yeah. before, you got like the, the rights. Yeah. I would have been fine. But now because you have like the rights to it, I need you to sign that over to me. So I've kidnapped like your mom. Is it the whole family or is yeah, it just the mom? It's the whole family. It's the whole family. Yeah. And he's like, I got your family now. I'm a, I'm a kill them unless you sign it over. And she's like, okay, I'll sign it over. But mm-hmm. then at the last second, she's like, no, hold on a second. How do I yeah. know? Cause he's oh, like, he's got this really interesting. That's what I want. To, he's got this really interesting yes. thing where he's like, I'm not going to harvest the earth for like another couple hundred years. You won't even be alive. Right. So don't worry about it. Right. And it's this whole idea of like overpopulation, global warming, mm-hmm. the earth falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't worry about it because like that's just the next generation. It's right. their problem. They right. can deal with it when they get to it. It's not your problem. Yeah. And it's fascinating it's, it's, because it's yeah. like it's the whole idea of like and she at the end of this movie or like towards the end of the movie decides like I would rather sacrifice five people in my family in order to save the whole world. She makes that choice, and it's really amazing. Like, she is never portrayed as, as, like, someone who needs saving or, like, a weak character because she always, like, has this really strong moral code where, like, her her impetus during this whole movie is to, like, save Earth. And she doesn't necessarily... She's never swayed by the idea of, like, oh, you could have everything. And she's like, that's cool. I just want to go home. Mm-hmm. Like, that's her whole thing the whole time, which is incredible, the fact that she has, like, this... She's you're right. Like she is swept up in the plot, but she's never swept away by the the temptations or the idea of like what she could be if she were to like really be the queen mm-hmm. of all of this. Which yeah, I think it's is like she gets the great. bigger picture of just like I have to save my family and I want to save the earth, yeah. but I'm not going to be able to save the earth forever. But I can still save my family right now. And she's about to make the decision. Then she goes, wait. I just spent this whole movie learning all this bureaucracy stuff and I was paying attention. Mm-hmm. So you actually couldn't do anything to Earth if you killed me right now. Yeah. You would lose that too. Like, so if you kill me and my whole family right now, you still don't get Earth. Yeah. So She's great. fuck you. And then that's when Eddie Redmayne's just like, oh no. I know. And he goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the movie, we we did say that we would reveal that Jupiter does end up literally kicking ass. She kicks ass. Like, she she's just like, fuck you, dude. And, <laughs> and Eddie Redmayne's kind of this guy, too, that's, you know, he's been presented as, like, this very powerful. An aristocrat. Yeah, he, but he's also just, like, this kind of domineering force. Yes. He's he's in control of all these dragon men and oh, yeah. people and stuff like that. Yeah, they're, they're we, I think we maybe forgot to mention that his, like, main general is, like, a lizard man. Yeah, he's like a... <laughs> He's a dragon guy. A dragon. Like He's a, a dragon. dragon. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like a Which dragon, I don't know what the DNA implications DNA. of that are. Is that is this like a DNA thing? Like, because I, no I don't, they don't mention other races. Like, I feel like they don't say like what those races are. And 
all of the characters that have makeup or don't look human mm -hmm. kind of have attributes of like animals that we know. I mean, so is it like humans are the only alien force and like they're all kind of spliced with DNA, like dogs or lizards or mice? I don't think so because remember like at the beginning, at the beginning with the two bounty hunters, yeah, they didn't look human, human. They okay, just looked weird, human. Okay. And I think there were like a couple uh, aliens in Aegis when they were like transporting them that looked like alien okay. humans. Okay, so there's other. Yeah, there's I mean, other that's species. That's great. That's just, that's why I want a sequel because that's, yeah. <sighs> Tell me more about like that. There's so many different, different ways you can go with this IP. It is so good. Like, and this is so, this is another like just travesty of what happened like with the stupid critics who just weren't ready for Jupiter Ascending is that we could have had sequels. Yeah. This could have been like a Matrix level style mm -hmm franchise yeah we could have had it all it's just like, like it's original for the and i guarantee like these same critics that were like josh in this movie for this and that they're the same people are just like what's with all these superhero movies and all these like all adaptations and reboots it's like guys it was right there four years ago and they were just having a bunch of fun. I know. It's like everybody, like it's like you're making fun of like uh, like a group of fucking like elementary school kids playing with hula hoops and shit. Like yeah, <laughs> they don't even know how to hula hoop. And it's like, oh, just let them fight. Look what they're doing. <laughs> like they're having fun over there. I don't know. Look how great this movie is. Like yeah, unappreciated I mean, at its time. It's not. It's not it, un underappreciated. Criminally underappreciated. Mm -hmm. This movie, like, I'm going to be spouting this movie's praises for a, for the rest of my life, probably. <laughs> because it's probably never going to get the resurgence that it deserves. Oh, it's, I mean, like, I can And see I have to thank you personally for, Ugh. I probably still wouldn't have seen it for, like, another couple of years if you hadn't been like, now nah, let's do this. <sighs> Mike. It's great. I'm glad, I, well, you know what? Thank Cheers. Cheer to, uh, cheers. Yeah, to Jupiter Ascending. Oh, my goodness. Oh my god. Mm. It's just like it's just a ride, man. Start to finish Jupiter Ascending is just like a ride. Love and it. And you just sort of like have to like buckle in and just like let let the ride. I happen. cannot wait to like show this tomorrow. I'm gonna show it at the theater. One hundred percent. That's my... not even in question. Like that's yes! that's happening. Oh God! Please. Who who distributed this thing? If it's them, it's Warner it's Brothers. Yeah, Warner I'm Brothers. really good friends with Warner Brothers. Yes. Me, me and the brothers. Yeah, we go yeah, way back. We yeah. go back. Oh my God! Please. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we're doing that. Like before the end of the summer. Fuck it, I'm doing that. Like it's how expensive could it be to show <laughs> a movie that's got like thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes and like flop. everybody's like, wait, you want to show that one? It costs two hundred million to make and it made like 175 good for them they almost made it <laughs> they were so close maybe if i show it for a week it'll make that extra 25 million it was, that it needs it was so good we should definitely like if if you do that like we should have a panel talking about we, like we trans, will this is what we're doing transhumanism this and, is like, a shake shake, shake on it I'll yep do we're it. doing that yeah Hell that's yeah. that's a fucking plan right there gender roles like i'll pay the, i'll pay the licensing fee and everything myself outside of like the theater's like business totally oh, do that in a heartbeat so good. a single screening 77 seats sold out show we're gonna watch jupiter sending and then we're gonna talk i'll see if i can get uh lily and anna to come on up maybe yeah where do they live do they live they're probably la they're probably la they're probably la i mean they seem Where's new york channing tatum's la mila kunis might be new york she might be she's probably busy i don't know what is she what is she possibly doing right now <laughs> writing or reading i don't know jupiter ascending fanfic oh my god perfect i mean like we could get mila 
Everyone else is in England, so it's really just out to <laughs> Well, we could just get them, like, when they're over here. Yeah. Peter Dinklage is over in uh, New Paltz. Like, maybe is he's he? got something to say. I and he's not in the movie, but on. he might want to say. Yeah, we'll just bring him down. Like, what do you have to oh, say I, about this? I, I actually love <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it with Peter oh Dinklage. Yeah. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending is. Oh, no. nah, I can't do it. Oh, my God. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening to this Hell episode yeah. of Overdrinkers. Hell yeah. Um, did you have anything else you want to get off your chest? Not necessarily about the movie, just anything. What are you watching right now? Like, are you watching any shows? I'm watching Good Girls. It's a television show. It has Christina. I know what good girl. Oh, maybe they don't. No, you're right. I was like, well, you were looking at. We are on. Honey, 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 sweetie, honey, sweetie. Okay. We're on the air. We're on the air. Maybe they don't know. Good girls. It's, what's that? It's a Christina Applegate who was Joni from Mad Men and Manny Montana, um, May Whitman and Retta from. What was Retta in? Uh, Parks and Rec, where uh, Christina, May, and Retta play like desperate suburban housewives who are just like really really strapped for cash and then they end up uh robbing a grocery store but they end up robbing a grocery store that is used by the like gang members of detroit to like launder money Mm -hmm. so the gang comes after them and it's just like all about how this sort of devolves into them becoming like proto gang members as suburban housewives kind of like a breaking bad kind of situation it is it's it's very much a play on breaking bad very Um, nice but it's really great christina uh, applegate has a new show coming out with um Linda Cardellini. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the name of it's called, but I saw a trailer for it the other day, and I was like, I will watch that. Yes, please. And I I think it's supposed to be something like, um, it's like a heartbreak getaway kind of thing. Like, uh, you're depressed, nothing's working, Mm -hmm. and you go to this place, and like, it's supposed to be therapy or something like that. Oh, it sounds scary. But like, the trailer was just like, uh, Christina Applegate and um, Linda Cardellini like sitting by a pool okay, and just like being like mm, yeah, maybe it's a, it's a drink it's a, God, I love at least I'm fairly certain it's Christina Applegate maybe it had to be I don't know. it had to be if it wasn't Fuck me. I don't know. Like I, I, it, it was, it was, no, I'm sticking, I'm sticking to my guns. <laughs> it was Christina. Okay. Anyway, that's what I'm watching. Okay. And, and what I'm, the fanfic I'm writing. Okay. I'm about to finish watching Everwood season two right now. Neat. Okay. It's fun. It's good. Michael Green, uh, is, him. he's great. It's like a show that he was like one of the head writers on way back in the early aughts. Diana, uh, my lovely girlfriend, she watched it mm-hmm. back when it was first airing. Yes. I've never seen it. It's got Treat Williams, one of my boys. Uh, and so we've been watching it. We kind of fell off because I uh, got really busy mm-hmm. these past uh, six months. Weird. What happened? Did you uh, open I a, just, you know, I had uh, just... Was uh, there something happening? Yeah, honey, let me tell you. Shit got busy. Shit got busy. Um but we started we were towards the end of the second season. We fell off, so now we caught back up. We got two more episodes left. We're gonna, I'm actually going to watch those the season finale yes. tonight. Nice. Shit is getting dramatic. Of course. And it's actually really funny because um, uh, Chris Pratt is in it as like young Chris Pratt. Baby Pratt. Yeah, like before he got like Anything. like Chris Fat. Aww. Like he was still like super buff. And Baby bu- Pratt. And then it's also got um, What's-Her-Face. Oh, I can't remember her name right now, but she plays Agent uh, 13 in the MCU. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I can't remember her name right now, and I I, I, I know it off the top of my head all the time. 
Uh, but she's in it too. And they were actually like dating while they were making the show, but like they play brother and sister. Oh so it's God. like kind of fun to know that. Oh, and weird, the fact though. that they eventually go on to the MCU, but yes. like never interact with one another. Aww, um, and Diana's going to yell at me if she listens to this and I couldn't remember her name. She's going to be like, what the fuck? She's going to hit me upside the head and then she's going to be like, honey. Michael Green, though. Michael Green, though. Have you watched Kings? I have not. And I hear it's fucking awesome. Oh, my God. That is like. I want to watch Kings so bad. I'm just throwing it out there. Kings is literally my We've talked about this. Television we show. were talking about like Murder on the Orient Express, Logan, uh, Blade Runner 2049. This guy King. had a absolute Green. big fucking Ugh. year. And then he was just like, and by the way, fucking Kings. Kings. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Ugh. I still have not watched Kings. I have to. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode on Jupiter Ascending and sticking around with us to kind of talk about the things that we're into. Uh, so remember to rate, review, subscribe, help us out, especially on iTunes, giving us that five star, mm-hmm. leave a review really helps us out. You know, uh, specifically on Overdrinkers, I don't know if the other guys want to do this, but if you leave a review, reviewing an episode of Overdrinkers, I'll read the review on a later episode and we can talk about it. Uh, if you want to be a guest and you live in the area, we are more than welcome to get you on here. You Hell get to pick yeah. the movie. It'll be fun. Um, also, remember to hop on over to storyscreenbeacon.com. Bunch of articles, reviews, other podcasts. Linda has written a bunch of really awesome articles and reviews over there. Uh-huh. Uh, most recently on Captain Marvel. Unicorn Store. Great take. Oh, Unicorn Store was the most recent yes. one. I still have to watch Unicorn Store. It's all right. I read your review and I was kind of like... That kind of makes me actually want to watch it. All right. I want to be a part of the conversation. Naturally. <laughs> um, and you can also find us on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon. That's where we get a lot of our big like publicity stuff out there. Mm-hmm. We're also on Twitter for more laid back stuff. That's at story underscore screen. Uh, Linda, you already kind of told people like if they want to date you. Yes. Where to go. But like if they just want to listen to you or yeah. hear you or uh-huh. read you, mm-hmm. where do they go? Uh, still Twitter. Twitter is sort of like the catch-all if you want to date me or rant at me or, I don't know, yell at me about my opinions on Michael Green, um, who is literally one of my favorite, favorite screenwriters right now. Top 50 people on planet Earth, easy. God, I love him so much. He's great. It's too bad he's married and I'm gay. Is he married? Yeah, he's a kid. He tweets about it. I mean, I knew you were gay. I didn't know know he was married. Jeez, that's a lot to deal with. It's all a bummer. Anyway. I'm on Twitter at underscore L-I-N-F-I-N-N. Linfin. That's me. Come say hi. Perfect. Linda, thank you so much for hanging out with me, man. That was great. Cheers one more time. Cheers to Jupiter Ascending. And Bale of Abrasics' accent. If you listen to this and you have not seen Jupiter Ascending yet and you just get it all spoiled for you, trust me, it's way better when you watch it. You can know exactly what happens and you're still going to love it. Go watch Jupiter Ascending. If you have seen Jupiter Ascending, please go over to Amazon, YouTube, or anywhere that you can buy it and just buy it so that it makes money. And then they'll they'll be like, oh, there's this resurgence of people that want it. Like, I'm actually thinking about buying it like about a hundred times a month. Like, just putting a savings account to the side and just try and make it seem like... 30 people are buying this movie a month. Just send it through a tour server. I do that enough for like 30 years. Yeah, of course. And then the Wachowskis, in their later days, mm. they can come back and they can go, mm. what would they call the sequel? It would be Jupiter something, right? It'd be Jupiter a, Rising? Would it be Jupiter Rising? Jupiter Ascendant? Jupiter at Zenith? No, Zenith? It, it probably wouldn't be like, I don't think they do the whole Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes oh, kind yeah. of thing. They mm-hmm. might do like Jupiter... Fulfilled? 
Jupiter uh, hmm. reloaded. Jupiter reloaded. <laughs> oh my god! I'll think about it. Would I they do so Jupiter, funny. or would they do something like Saturn? Saturn rising. Oh, and there's like another one. Who knows? Hey, Jupe, I'm Saddy. I'm Saturn. Like they What's do. Up? They do a whole like sailor, a sailor outfit with it. Like, like a faith to Buffy kind of thing, where it's just I'm like thinking... I'm. I have an attitude. Don't know if you heard. Oh my god. <laughs> No more just Sweden, sorry. God. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. IMDb is pulled up. Mm-hmm. Synonyms for preposterous are pulled up. Ridiculous. I have the, plot. I have the plot just in case I forget. Any, Hairbrained. Any single part. Pointless. Whoa. Whoa. Incredible. If you call this movie pointless. Unbelievable. Okay. All right. Mo- monstrous. Mm. Outrageous. It'll be good.